A lot is happening with Apple TV+. Plus: Subscription changes, new shows, movies with big-time stars, and a lot more. We'll talk about Apple TV+, Plus and why it's worth tuning into the streaming service in this episode of the Macworld Podcast. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola, here with Jason Cross and Michael Simon. Before we jump into it, we have a word from our sponsor, Declutter. Upgrading your device soon? Declutter is the fast, easy, and totally free way to sell mobile phones, iPads, MacBooks, Apple Watches, and much more. Declutter pays up to 33% more than carriers, locks your valuation in for 28 days, and pays you quickly by PayPal or direct deposit. Visit declutter.com slash Macworld, that's D-E-C-L-U-T-T-R dot com slash Macworld, and use the code Macworld10 that's Macworld10, to get 10% extra for your trade-in. That's declutter.com slash Macworld, and use the code Macworld10 for an extra 10% with Declutter. Thanks to Declutter for sponsoring the Macworld podcast. While it's the middle of summer, fall is approaching, and old-timers like me remember that the fall season is when the TV networks put on their new shows. Uh, But the TV landscape has changed, new content is released year-round now, and streaming services are what dominate. So we thought this would be a good time to take a look at Apple TV Plus and what's happening with the service. Uh, First, maybe we should cover the logistics. The uh, subscriptions that they offer have now changed. Yeah, I mean, when it first started, it was it was super generous. Anyone who bought anything got a year, and that ended up being almost like a year and a half, maybe even more. Yeah, it was anything that could play Apple TV Plus, like basically anything but an Apple Watch or AirPods. You know, <laughs> you would you'd get a year free, uh, and they ended up if your year expired last. November or whatever because of the COVID pandemic and and they didn't get to get out all the shows that they wanted all their second seasons they kind of extended that like by another six months or so yeah, it just it's extended to the end of this month and if you signed up for Apple One in the interim they gave you a five dollar credit on that right oh uh, they started giving people five dollar credits anyways that's how they extended right. it is right. you that's would true. just get uh, your four ninety nine credit back. Um, now, if you didn't sign up right in November, if you signed up a few months ago, if you bought a thing, you still got a year you still another, and you still got 10 months. Yeah. Yeah. Nine or 10 months to go. That also ended at the end of last month, at the end of June, yeah. starting July 1st, all those products that you buy that used to give you a year, give you three months, which is still nice, which That's is, yeah, it's what Apple most, Arcade does other and stuff. Periods. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're now in the. We're just now in that transition period for Apple TV Plus where they have to worry about paying subscribers. Like they they were really trying to get everybody addicted to the service before they turned on the money spigot. And it's and now it's starting to come on and they have to worry about like how are we going to convince people to pay five bucks a month? And keep paying five bucks. Like we, we don't really have a good understanding of what Apple was making revenue-wise or their subscriber base because – Everyone had it for free. So their numbers were were probably huge. But paying numbers were extraordinarily low. And that's what, you know, when you look at Netflix and we look at Hulu and Disney Plus, when they give those numbers, those are paying subscribers. Apple could have said, yeah, we have 200 billion, a million subscribers, but it's meaningless. 
and we're never going to really know from Apple. Like they're not going to, they're, they're just going to they give us release this. Apple music numbers here and there. So they might release vague figures. I, I think some of their licensing deals with record companies require them to release certain amounts of, of, of that. And plus they always like to crow about how they pay artists more. This isn't really that situation, but they, I think we're just going to hear services revenue number. It's, it's just like, we don't get number of iPhones sold a year. Uh, Third-party companies are going to kind of do the math and give us some estimate. Well, you have to assume in the fourth quarter or first quarter, mm-hmm. that number will jump. It's been slowly rising. Yeah. But it doesn't really include like a big Apple TV Plus figure because, like we said, most people are getting it for free. So at yep. some point, even if 50% of the people drop over, 70% of the people drop that's still – a lot of people that are going to be still be paying for it. And now that they have Apple One, it's loaded into a bundle, and that gets confusing. Like, how many people have a bundle and really never – they have some version of Apple One. I think it's in all the Apple One tiers, uh, and but they don't use it. Like, they have it for the other things, and that's like the free gimme for them, and they never watch anything. So it's going to be hard to hard to suss out how well it's doing – Critically, they're doing all right. They the they just the picked up a bunch Emmys. of Emmy nominations. Yeah, uh, and it's like they it, streaming services are weird because like you can nominate yourself for a daytime Emmy even when you're not really a daytime show because your show doesn't come on at a time. So they kind of did that, and they're up against a lot of daytime broadcast shows, and they're like. <laughs> they're crushing it with Ted Lasso and it's like, well, yeah, it's Ted Lasso versus daytime talk shows and Dr. Phil and stuff like, you know, and soaps and all that stuff. <laughs> so, and seat streaming services have been starting to play that game where they're like, well, if we want to, do we want to win and do a daytime Emmy or do we want to say this is go for the regular Emmys and get nominated? That's ah, it's weird. But they do now have actual legit Emmy nominations. Ted Lasso, uh, Supporting Actress, or uh, Best Actor, Best Actress. Um, I think Supporting Actress as well. They, 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 they got a bunch, yeah. So, and they're probably, uh, uh, Jason Sudeikis is probably the favorite at this point. He's won a bunch of these leading up to it. Well, I've been reading a couple write-ups about the nominations, and there's a consensus that Ted Lasso is the favorite for yeah. Outstanding it Comedy. Could. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a solid show. Like, it takes the throne that Modern Family kind of filled. Modern Family won Best Comedy for, I don't know, I, I want to say three years or something like that. And sort of it, it sort of fills that kind of bucket where it's a well-done show that appeals to a broad audience, as opposed to some of the other comedies that may also be well-written, but maybe they're a little more edgy or a little more niche yeah it, it's very non-confrontational for one it's i mean it's very funny for two and yeah it's it's the kind of show that yes it's about soccer but you do not have to know anything about soccer to enjoy it which is great like you know mythic quest you kind of have to know video game and stuff to really kind of get into it but this is just it's just a funny show about a guy who's leading a sports team which appeals to a broad array of people yeah and it's got plenty of avenues for humor it's got a big fish out of water sort of aspect to it and stuff it's funny to me because it just goes to show you you never never tell what the breakout hits are and you have to have a lot of irons in the fire because apple 
always they, they thought they were promoting C as like the next Game of Thrones. They were, you know, they were really heavy into the morning show, which is good and ended win some awards. But, you know, it didn't become one of those things that everyone watched and talked about. Ted Lasso, they promoted it as much as they did Mythic Quest or any of their other first party shows that they don't really consider like, oh, this is this is going to be the one. This is the one everyone's going to watch our service for. It was, you know, one of their shows. It was a comedy. They did their a couple trailers. They weren't going out there saying like, this is going to be the breakout hit. And it was. As much as they have one, this is their breakout hit. And I think it'll help. So this one now, season two comes out later this month. All that buzz. And then later this year, second season of C, which is, like you said, that was their big one to start. C and the morning show, both of those second seasons start in September. And maybe they'll pick up some some momentum coming out of all of this, um, all this hype. Yeah, they've started a little bit on their second season stuff now. They have second seasons of Central Park and uh, Mythic Quest. Both were not quite as good as the first season. I didn't um, watch the second season yet. I met the quest, but I just recently saw the first season and it was awesome. I loved it. Yeah, it, it it takes a real turn at like episode five or something where it gets really good. Um, yeah, so the second season is worth watching. It's not as good. I'm starting to get frustrated with Central Park. I thought the first season was pretty good. Uh, I, I'm not into the musical numbers as much as the showrunners are. I haven't seen any any of that. It's a little too milk toast in some ways, you know. I am looking forward to the morning show for sure. Uh, also, second season Servant came out earlier this year. For some reason that, I don't know if they filmed that at the same time as season one, but that one came out like pretty much on schedule almost a year after uh, season one came out. And that that's a that's a cool show. It's a it's an M. Night Shyamalan or I don't know how to Shyamalan. Shyamalan show. And it's, you know, it's predictably creepy and eerie and, you know, a lot of twists and turns. It's, it's, it's good. It's, it's a half hour show, which is nice. I think as an hour each week, it would be too much, but in 25 minute chunks, it, it works. Does Apple have enough arrows in the quiver to like get a good subscriber base? We should go through what they've got coming out the rest of this year. This, this week they're launching Schmigadoon, which is this interesting looking musical comedy with Keegan-Michael Key and Cecily Strong and Fred Armisen and stuff. They're out hiking and get trapped in a town that's like an old 1940s musical. It might be a limited, I don't know that they're going to do multiple seasons or not. It might be a one season thing. I like those stars, you know, the musical comedy stuff always hits me weird because it's like, the comedy has to be good, and a lot of times it's not. And a lot of times, the, that's the kind of thing that even if it gets a lot of hype and acclaim and awards like *Marvelous Mrs. Maisel*, it's still going to appeal to a very small niche people who like that stuff. Yep, yeah, that is that's almost certainly not going to be a breakout hit, regardless of what the quality is, because some people just aren't in for four musical numbers an episode. Uh, I, I I've raised my hand there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very easy to get into the cringe area when you watch a, a musical comedy. Yeah, even like just... good ones, like yeah, like 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 Hamilton took me like a week to watch. Like I'm just not. It's hard for me to sit down and watch musicals, and I really liked Hamilton. It's just I just can't sit and watch that much of it. And and they're not all going to be um, Book of Mormon, which is really easy to to, to love. Yeah, all the all that South the South Park creators did that. They're really good at making musical numbers that don't feel like musicals and are engaging and fun and, and you, yeah. you and, and funny actually and... watching a musical. 
Then later this month, as you mentioned, Ted Lasso season two, I, that almost feels like they kind of rushed to get it that like it became a hit and they were like, how quickly can we finish post-production? Like they, they prioritized that. Yeah. The suit shoot schedule was what it was, but post-production is like, we've got to get this out yeah. right I away. Mean, the, the timing is perfect. If it's good, it's going to hit. Yeah. If it continues to be good. And it's such a, it's so weird to like a show that's so endlessly positive. <laughs> in this day and age then they're on to uh the the month closes out with a documentary march watch the sound with mark ronson mark ronson's apparently a famous music producer but it's all about music production the people who care are going to care about that brings up the point i wanted to make about how i think apple is i don't want to say over investing but they're really investing in documentaries and indie films i think Part of that is because at a production level, they're easy to pick up. They're produced by the production company, and then they're shopped around finished or nearly finished. Whoever the distributor wants to buy it up, and they end up being a distributor. So they pick up these things. And that's a lot different than having this buying a script or something and then having to make it. Even if you're it's a separate production company making it, it's you're going through all that that process. Yeah, get some some stuff quick, but those things, no matter how good they are, they do not move the needle with audiences. Like you can have, you can be the place for the best documentaries, and and, and that's that's not going to do it. It's kind of the thing that you know, if you subscribe for another reason, you might pop it on one day. Like I do that with Disney Plus a lot. Like they have a lot of National Geographic stuff, and um. I wouldn't subscribe for that reason, but like I'll I'll browse and I'll say, oh, I'll, I'll check this out. So like I understand the, the thought process there. It builds the catalog, and it gives them you know more 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 of a of a diverse catalog of stuff. If you filter that stuff out, what they've have left is there's just not a lot of enough volume yet. Yeah, they're still working on it. It's it's it's. I mean, there's a there's a good chunk of stuff. The problem is you can get through it in like a month if you the ones that you want and then there's nothing. Yeah, they need to be launching a, a new show, not not a documentary film, a new show every week. Like a new show, not even like a new episode of a show. No, not a new episode, a new show. Yeah, they need fifty shows a year, <laughs> shows or or movies that aren't you know. Yeah, just I mean the Netflix documentary pickup. has way more than that. But every Friday you can you can you can sign on to Netflix and you know there's something new there and probably something compelling enough to watch. Oh, yeah. They've got three or four new things a week. And that includes stand-up specials and all this other stuff. But uh, And Apple, is it's the cheapest service, and they don't need to play that game, but they do need a lot more. They're going to be selling second choice or third choice, and they need more. Anyway, more. Uh, then we get into August with, there's a, speaking of new ones, there's Mr. Corman, which is Joseph Gordon-Levitt as a t- music teacher. You know, his his dream of being a musician didn't pan out and he's all depressed and stuff like that. It's like a sort of a dark comedy thing. Um, Coda, which is a indie film that they picked up. And then we're into C at the end of the month, season two of C. That's August. That's August, end of August. And it's uh, C is one of those ones where they had really, really big hopes and it didn't catch with people. Yeah, it got um, pretty good reviews. You know, not the like reviews were good, but they were good. But I. I don't think a lot of people watched it. Even yeah. of the early adopters, I think the morning show and stuff were the ones that people watched. Yeah, it's well, the morning show is a little more accessible. 
It is. But, um, I, you know, we'll see with the second season. I don't know the trajectory of Game of Thrones, but I don't remember the first season being, being huge. It kind of I think built. it was. I think it got pretty big pretty quick. I don't know. I want to. I feel like. I mean, it, listen, it's not going to be on that level. But, uh, you know, with the, with the compelling second season, they can, you know, they, they can build on that. Yeah. Well, they're adding Dave Bautista in the second season, and I'm all about that. Another documentary special called 9-11 Inside the President's War Room. It's They don't have a specific date that's coming in September for the 20th anniversary of 9-11, but not necessarily on 9-11. We don't have an exact date yet. Those um, politically charged conspiracy things, I mean, not that that will be that, but it lends itself to that stuff, and that's that's always tricky. Yeah, I think this is going to have be more like well, the Looming Tower was a novel and turned into a, a series, a limited series on Hulu, and that was good. This is going to be, I think, in that vein, it's going to be like a fact-based, like following, I think it follows the, the first 12 hours after the attack or something. Yeah, it could be interesting, but I, th- I think that's another one where it's like, that's not going to pick up a lot of subscribers. But September is where it gets interesting, because um, you have that, Morning Show Season 2 Morning comes up. Morning Show is the one that probably of those early crop of shows got the most buzz both of award season, but also among people talking and Twitter and that stuff. It was very, is a very good season. And and I think they're counting on that doing well in the second. And then, you know, they had some award nominations and stuff with that. Uh, John Stewart comes back to TV in September. That's when their, the problem with John Stewart comes in, which is, it's weird because it's a, it's a one hour show and it's about each shows about an, a single issue. Uh, not it's not going to be like a here's what's in the news thing every multiple times a week like you did with the Daily Show, but it is a live audience show. They're going to be taping things this summer with a live audience. So, but John Stewart's a big get for them. So yeah, and he's still you know even though he's not on TV or on a regular basis anymore, he still has that audience and that following. And whenever he pops up on a talk show, he gets attention. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, Daily Show with him at the helm won every award every year just like just killed it so um and then the, probably their next big attempt at a huge hit is also in september which is foundation that's the They've one been- that could either you know fall flat i mean there's a lot of fans of that that series that you know it's the kind of thing that it's either going to be amazing or terrible they tried to make that book series into something um, movies and tv shows many times and never got it off the ground because it's big and sprawling and complicated this is a big budget production. This is a huge production for them. And they've been talking about it for some time. Lots of big stars. And um, that starts up September 24th. Our discussion will continue. But first, a word from our sponsor. Upgrade the smart way with Declutter. Sell your mobile phone, iPad, Apple Watch, or MacBook today. Get a free quote for your old device, ship it to them for free, and get paid quickly. Visit declutter.com slash Macworld. That's D-E-C-L-U-T-T-R dot com slash Macworld. And use the code Macworld10, that's Macworld10, to get 10% extra for your trade-in. Declutter. It's smart for you, smart for the planet. And then, you know, closing out the year with stuff like Invasion, which is like a new science fiction series that we don't know a whole lot about. So alien invasion series series a limited series called the shrink next door which has will ferrell and paul rudd it's based off the book about a guy who goes to see a shrink and the shrink gets too close to his family and all that stuff yeah that's another one you know 
huge star power could be great. Yeah, big star power. Um, it, it's just a limited series, but it can hold people on for a few weeks, right? It's an eight-part series. Sometimes so. those limited series. I mean, HBO plays that game so well. Where yes. those limited series suck you into other stuff and, the, and you stay there. Yeah, they, they blend one into the next. Yeah. Uh, and there's some kids stuff like Blush. By the time we're into the end of the year, we don't even know when things are coming out. There's some series called like The Line, Dr. Brain. We don't have trailers for these things. We don't know when they're coming out. They're just later this year. And then everything else, there's like 40 things that just don't have a release date because they're either next year or further out than that. But if you're looking at this year, you're looking about, unless there's some surprises, you're looking about maybe four more big series, you know, and that's not a lot. <laughs> four or five that, that have a chance to be a big hit and it's, they got half a year. They basically have boiled it down to like one a month and it needs to be way quicker than that. Yeah. Way more pace than that. And, and uh, I know they're coming off COVID, but that's. And they're, they haven't had like a, a motion picture length thing that hit yet. That Justin Timberlake one was probably the closest. I got good reviews and people liked it, but like they need like yeah, and I think Netflix. they really wanted the Tom Hanks thing, the Greyhound thing. They they bought that off Sony. Limited niche kind of audience. I mean those those war flicks. Tom Hanks in a big World War II movie could could have been huge, and it was meant to be a big tentpole uh, theater production. And it was during COVID, and Sony decided to cut their losses and sell it off. I also wonder if they was tracking poorly. Aside from the COVID stuff, and they said, you know, this isn't going to be a, a hundred mil pick, so let's just sell it. It, it couldn't have been. <laughs> they had no, they had no chance. So I think they just took their money and and left. But does anyone think they need to change their release structure, the the weekly thing, or release everything at once? I don't have any idea how it plays in terms of metrics, but I like what they do a lot, where they often have. Like three episodes, especially if it's a new thing, there's like three episodes initially and then weekly thereafter. That kind of blurs the line between giving you enough to watch, but not letting you watch it all in two days, you know, and keeping you on the, on the string, you know, uh, your, your HBO maxes and stuff of the world, they always do one a week. Yeah. And most Hulu stuff does one a week. Whereas, um, you know, Netflix Netflix is a big one. I wonder if they regret that now. Now that everyone's doing weekly, like Disney Plus is the king of that because they have one leading into the next, leading into the next. They don't do one a week. They do like Loki's on now that just ended actually today. And then in next month, there's another Marvel property. And, you know, they have like small or shows that kind of fill in those gaps. And there's no, there's no point in canceling because you know something's coming before you have to re-up for the next one anyway. So you just hold on. But Disney's so unique in those properties. Like, they have a built-in fan base that no one else has. So I wonder if Netflix kind of says, you know, like, they have to now. They're the uh, uh, binge-watch kings. So they can't just up and decide, oh, we're not going to do that anymore because people would freak out. But I wonder if they're just like, damn, I I wish we would have done a little bit more of that early on so we had some some leeway. There definitely is that aspect when when an HBO – and an HBO is the, you know, famous – for this from the cable days, but like there's that thing where, you know, when Watchmen is out, you really can't wait to see what next week's Watchmen is or something. And that's, yeah, that's something missing from Netflix. Netflix also has so many shows that maybe they feel like we have so much volume, we don't need to do that. Binge something else next week. <laughs> like it's, they're the most expensive and still the biggest. So it's kind of hard to they're fault the most anything they're doing. By a, by a 
pretty big margin now that HBO has a free tier or a freer tier. That's not free. It's ad supported. It's like 10 bucks. Uh, but Netflix starts at, I think, 12 or 13. And most people are on that 16 or 17 tier. Um, and, you know, Disney's at 7.99 or something like that, whatever it is. Uh, I was originally, um, when um, WandaVision came out, irked by the weekly thing. But now I kind of like it. It's kind of quaint. And it's kind of, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, I'm, I'm okay with waiting a week. It gives me something to look forward to on TV. It would be better if there were more weekly things. Yeah. It's it's when there's only one show you're watching and you have to wait a week that it's that's a problem. I prefer the weekly release because my attention span isn't. I can only <laughs> stand watching for a show for like an hour or two, and then I need to go do watch do or watch something else. So that weekly release mm-hmm. works for me. Yeah, even when I binge something, you know, my wife and I, it that means one a one a day. We watch the next one the next day. We try not to like burn through a show in all of one day. What do you think about the, the release day being Fridays? That's their, they've pegged that as their day. I like Friday. In fact, I, we save, because now Disney moved theirs to Wednesdays and we save it for Friday anyway, because I'm working, my wife's working, my son's the other in school or camp and it goes to bed early. Like it's just better on a Friday, I think. But it also doesn't matter because... People are going to watch them when they watch them anyway. Yeah, they, they show up at like midnight. So no one's watching it when it quote unquote airs or releases or drops. So I think Friday's fine. You know, I don't think it necess- I don't think they necessarily need their own day. Yeah, there was a little bit of that water cooler thing of these HBO shows where you would go talk to your coworkers. People would be talking about what happened on Game of Thrones last night or what happened on, you know, pick your HBO show that came on last night and you lose that on a Friday. Well, you lose that on with streaming in general. Like, like I try to avoid like today and tomorrow. I've muted Loki because I don't want to know what happens. So, like, you like like we don't talk about it because some people have seen it. Some most of the people talking about it are websites trying to write stories that get people to search for it. Those are the people that I'm mainly muting. I, I just wonder if Fridays have an impact on the the virality of a show is what i'm saying like whether or not we like it i wonder if there's an impact there or not i don't know yeah i'm sure they have people that study this stuff and i mean netflix does friday too it doesn't seem to affect them well they do uh, any day every day but their big ones generally launch on launch on friday like they're the bigger properties you know like the the big movies the, the, the stranger things things like that the old days thursday was the big tv night so I'm kind yeah, of Friday surprised. was like the graveyard for TV. I remember when the X Files uh, were on Friday, and they and for years Thursday night was when you would get the big ratings because that kind of led to, into the weekend, and you had it gave you Friday for the water cooler talk. So I'm kind of surprised that nobody has kind of done the Thursday release. I mean, Netflix has occasionally has some things that release on Thursday. I mean, it's well, Nef- yeah. Again, Netflix is using every day of the week because they have so much stuff. Yeah, you're right, and and that's some of that had to do with like when it was broadcast TV. You had to watch it when it was on, and everyone goes out on Fridays, so that was why you your most important demographic is 18 to 34, and they all go out Friday nights. So that's why it was. It was always considered the graveyard. And then weekends, too. You wouldn't get hot TV wasn't on weekends. And then kind of Sunday night, you know, Sunday nights became HBO's like big thing because people aren't going out as much on Sunday nights. So they do Sunday nights. And and Fox had The Simpsons and The X-Files on Sunday for a while. The Simpsons are still around. But yeah, Sunday, Sunday and Thursday were the were the, the bigger days. 
it feels like streaming blows all that up. Even like network television, like shows are on when they're on. Like, I don't even know when the show's like, This Is Us I watch. I honestly don't know what day it actually airs. So there was a report that the NFL wants to do a deal with Apple to to air NFL games, specifically the uh, NFL Sunday ticket. For those of you who have DirecTV, NFL Sunday ticket is part of DirecTV. Am I, is that correct? I believe. Uh, at certain package levels, it is. Yeah. You have to have at least whatever the tier is that's like 85 bucks a month. I believe that contract is going is due to expire soon. Yeah, the end of, the end of next season, the end of the twenty. So it'll be twenty twenty three is what they're looking at. And from what people have reported, Directv won't be renewing that. I mean, they've been losing subscribers like everybody else. They're kind of a cable thing. Satellite's kind of lost its cachet, if you will. So the NFL is looking for a streaming partner. You know, which makes sense. AT and T owns Directv, and they kind of tried to make it. Like this is a streaming thing, but it's not. Like nobody's nobody without the dish is getting direct TV, and it's really like you said, it's trending down. It doesn't surprise me at all that the NFL is looking for somebody else for the Sunday ticket. And like you said, there was they were talking apparently to Apple, but they're apparently talking to everyone. They're Amazon and everybody else. Um, and this zero percent surprise to me. But I don't believe this would be part of TV Plus. It would not be part of Amazon Prime Video or a part of Hulu on its own, this would have to be a separate thing because it, it costs too much. Like it's, it's enormously, it's billions of dollars. Well, and that, and, and that, I mean, it does cost. It's it, yeah. The, the contract, it, they say it's like a, like a, a couple bill a week to air because it's every out of market game. So you, you get local blackouts, um, but you would, but you could Which watch is the most insane thing. Oh, it's ridiculous. Black guys are, I, I actually wanted to sign up for uh, MLB the uh their service i i'm so i live in connecticut i can't get mets yankees or red sox games and i said well that's like literally all i want to watch so i can't and if, and if you don't have live tv you can't really watch those anyway it's just it's such a and you can't even just pay to add it you can't no and they still treat it like everybody's watching broadcasts and a lot of people aren't so it's 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 annoying but it, that's another issue yeah it's it has to do with the way that these all these Sports teams, they have they have an or, overarching organization, the MLB or NFL or something, but they're all independent franchises within that organization that have local governance. And, yeah, it's crazy. As per NFL Sunday Ticket, not only is it expensive and only on the more expensive tiers of DirecTV, but when, when you get it, it then says if you, if you get NFL Sunday Ticket, you have to choose to get it because they add like a $10 franchise fee onto there that's not part of your regular bill and stuff, which is weird because you can't get local games. and I don't, Yeah, there's all this other stuff like that. And you, you have to be a pretty diehard football fan, and there are a lot of them. There are plenty of them. There's plenty of people. It's a popular thing. It's obviously what has been worth paying billions of dollars for. It got people to buy DirecTV back when it was satellite or cable. But there's no way Apple at five bucks a month for Apple TV Plus is going to build it in. Yeah, I mean, they have the the money for sure to, to, to kind of absorb those costs. But what's the upside? So people subscribe for five bucks a month for three months and then they drop it. So you're talking about $15 a person. I mean, it's just not worth it, I don't think. Yeah, it, it's not worth it. And and plus, like, they're not going to get around this franchise fee per user who, who sees it. So they need to separate out the people who are, are watching the Sunday ticket games versus not. It makes sense to be an Apple TV channel, though, on the TV app, because the TV app is what's everywhere. 
to, with all the other channels. And I think that's what Amazon would do. Hulu already has ways to break out individual, they don't call them channels, but like add-ons. It would be an add-on to Hulu or something. So that, I think that's wherever they end up, that's what it's going to be. So they can separate out the people who need to pay franchise fees and all that other stuff. And Well, it depends on who owns it, I guess. If it's, if it's an NFL thing and they just have all these, and they work with all of these different partners, that would change what Sunday Ticket is. Like, it wouldn't be exclusive anymore. You could get it wherever. You wouldn't have to, like, like right now you have to go DirecTV. You can't get anywhere else. So if they did that, and it almost benefits everybody, because the NFL opens it up to any, everyone. And no matter what service you're using, you could just, you know, you use Apple TV, you sign up. The NFL has that option is is to go with more than one place. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense on a lot of fronts to do that. It, for, for the NFL, it only makes sense if it if it brings in more money that way. Well, I mean, how could it not? How how couldn't it? Well, because somebody wants to pay more to make it exclusive because they think that's going to bring people to the service. Well, that that's the only reason it's been exclusive so far. Is you know that you pay for a multi year exclusivity deal and you and then everybody knows they have to sign up for your service if they want all these NFL games. But that's not how baseball or basketball work. Yeah, NFL has got its own weird. I almost think they should avoid all of this and just do their own thing. Like, don't have a partner, have an app, <laughs> charge people fifteen bucks a month. Or twenty bucks a month, or whatever. Yeah, and I think the 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 MLB is I think twenty five a month, or and then you get the season package, which is you know breaks it down a little bit more. However, it works. But yeah, I mean you can't say they would. I, I have to assume it would they would make just as much by opening it up to everybody. It's harder. They they don't have to just supply streams. They now got to maintain apps and distribute and stuff like that. But it's they get all the money. So NFL is so big, they can demand so many billions of dollars for this. Yeah, I don't know the way the math works out, but the point is Apple does really care about sports. They have a whole sports tab. They need to buff it up with something. Yeah, it's it's annoying. So the sports tab is cool and the integration is cool. But like I'll get a notification that says the, the Red Sox game is close in the ninth inning. And I'll click the button and it basically goes nowhere because I don't have... MLB and even if I did I couldn't watch it there. I do have my local Boston channel, but it doesn't know that. So it doesn't send me there. So it still could be better. But if you if you have all that stuff, it's great, but you have to really be connected. And Apple TV isn't necessarily smart enough to know this is where you watch this game even though it's not the MLB thing that we're telling you about, so we're going to send you there. But it would work really well with, you know, if I had the MLB app if I, if I was a subscriber for there, because it sends me there and then I can't watch it. <laughs> All I could do is look at the score. Or if I, in, in, this, in the instance of this NFL thing, you know, it would say, you know, the the, the, the Bucks and the Broncos are, are tied in the fourth quarter and you click it and you go right to it. It's cool when it works, but you have to be subscribed. But you can see scores and stuff. Like the tab is nice. Like sometimes I just use it just to see what's going on around around the, 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 the sporting world. If I don't want to just check my phone, uh, ESPN or something, I'll, I'll click on the tab and it shows me all my, all the stuff, all my, I don't know if it's favorites or, or stuff that I've recently watched or, or teams that I've, that I've once, once upon a time clicked on. I don't know, but it does show me baseball scores, basketball scores, things like that. We're all subscribed to TV plus cause we all have like Apple one or whatever and everything. But if, if we weren't like, what would we be looking forward to from here to the end of the year? What's the Apple TV plus thing you're most want to see the the launch you're looking forward to i am uh i'm most interested in the second season of morning show 
Um, I love the first season. I would recommend anyone who isn't an Apple TV subscriber to to get it and to watch that to binge that quick uh, before because it was it was it started off a little slow. It got really good, and the last episode is one of the best TV shows I've ever seen. Like on any any drama, it, it was it was really good. And the second season is open to a ton of different directions. I'm not 100 percent sure where any of it's going because it, it ended on a bit of a bombshell. And really left it open to this can go in in twenty different avenues. So, and uh, if you are not, if if you're thinking Jennifer Aniston, she is, she is fantastic excellent. Excellent. in this. Yeah, she's not uh, Rachel from Friends. She's she's really good. She's really good. And Steve Carell is great. Uh, Reese Witherspoon's great. They're 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 all excellent. Yeah. And a show that I'm watching now that I wasn't sure that I'd like, and and I got hooked real quick is uh, Physical. It's it's about the '80s. Um, uh, it's about the '80s. Um, what's it? Uh, workout f- craze, like like Jane Fonda stuff. Yeah, and it's it's it it, it touches on um, that touches on it. There's a big portion of it with with eating disorders and 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 struggles with with body images and female versus male in the '80s. It's really uh, layered and deep and and funny and excellent. It's kind of like a, like a dark comedy and. Uh, it's it's good. It's on right now. It's not. They're not done with this season yet. I don't know how many episodes there are. Okay, but your pick is Morning Show. Your big your big for the future. That's the one you're looking forward to. Roman, what are you looking forward to? I am actually looking forward to Schmigadoon because I I like that cast. I like me too. The premise. Uh, I'm hoping it's a little quirky and edgy to go along with the the music. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. Just as a, it seems different. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. But what I'm really looking forward to, I'm looking forward to Foundation in September. I have not read the Foundation series. I should. I've heard stuff about it. I've always been curious. But again, I always have this uh, commitment uh, <laughs> commitment uh, phobia that I have. Like I can't commit. I have a hard time committing to TV shows. I have a hard time to committing to series sometimes. So, uh, but I've always been curious about Foundation. So I've. I, I'm interested in seeing how this show pull, uh, gets pulled off by Apple TV. Yeah, and you know, sci- th- those those sci-fi series, like if they're done right, they're just the best things on television. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> the Expanse. Oh man, so good. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, I'm with you. I, I I like the cast of Schmigadoon. I'm I'm wary of the musical thing, but yeah, the thing I'm looking forward to most. I, all these season two things sound great but i'm dying to see what they do with foundation you know i'm not a huge novel reader but i have read the or at least the three foundation novels they continued them not by isaac asimov and stuff like there's five or whatever just read the first three or something they are phenomenal he's one of my favorite authors uh and I'm dying to see how they cover a story that spans like thousands of years and generations and stuff like that. It's, it's, um, it's ambitious, but I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think it's like this impossible task. So now you need, um, the, uh, a studio that has deep pockets and isn't, isn't afraid to spend an apple for all accounts. And the trailers look that. like, that, that and you only see glimpses in the trailers, but the trailers look like they got it, like they they get what it's about. <laughs> yeah. So so I'm dying to see that. Uh, that's that's where I'm. That's the one I'm looking forward to the most. But I think I I know I'm going to be glued to morning show every week 
I'm going to be watching C every week. It's funny so, how none of us picked Ted Lasso, even though we all love it. It's a gimme. <laughs> it's too It's too easy. I, I was shocked by how much I loved Ted yeah, Lasso. I, I binged that in like two days. Was, I was, was awesome. absolutely blown away by the fact that I loved that show. And it's coming out in just a couple of weeks. And it's just like, of course, Ted Lasso. Just I, like, I it's so uninteresting to pick. The, the final scene was one of the funniest things that a show ever ended on. And I, I like, I still pops in my head every now and again, and I still crack up. It, it was awesome. <laughs> that does it for this episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 751. Thanks to Jason Cross, Michael Simon, and to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. And also thanks to Declutter, our sponsor for the podcast. You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast in the podcast app or on Spotify or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time.